Hello, fellow lovers of all things green. I'm Mary Stone, and welcome to Garden Dilemmas, Delights, and Discoveries. It's not only about gardens, it's about nature's inspirations, about grasping the glories of the world around us, gathering what we learn from Mother Nature, and carrying these lessons into our garden of life. So let's jump in in the spirit of learning from each other. We have lots to talk about. Hello, fellow listeners. It's Mary Stone speaking to you once again from the screen porch. I just came back from a road walk, and there is a snow, light snow falling, causing um, some sounding of dripping water from the roof. It's not a cold enough day for it to stick, but it certainly is lovely to have those feathers flaking on my face. I just love that feeling. Anyway, I want to thank those of you that reached back about the joy of receiving cut flowers inspired by a dear friend, Ken Roberts from Karen Ann Quinlan Home for Hospice. He's my singing buddy. I especially love the note from Mary Caffarelli who wrote, Thanks for sharing this beautiful story. I am not usually a fan of cut flower bouquets either. Too much money and having a brief life. Your story has made me rethink my attitude. After all, I'm very happy to spend money treating a friend to breakfast, lunch, or dinner. What a fantastic way to consider a splurge of a gift of flowers, Mary. Because, of course, a meal doesn't last very long either, but the memory of it, time with friends, certainly does. Ken's story of the gift of cut flowers seems to parlay perfectly into an account that I promised to share. I tackled the topic of the history of my house plants and admit it came with a great deal of difficulty with pages and pages of rough drafts that had to be tightened into a 600-word weekly column for the paper. It was overwhelming as I was writing it, and then, of course, there was the deadline that made it more stressful. But more than that, it was an emotional journey, which I hadn't considered, as some of the plants come with a history of, let's just say, challenging transitions in life. Some likely familiar to you, kind listeners. It became a therapy session of sorts, reflecting back in time. Some of the memories still weigh heavy, but one of the most beautiful outcomes is challenging times can transition into growth and healing. It's interesting to think about that as it relates to how our houseplants grow too. Also, some of the houseplant stories are personal and may be sensitive to those that gave them so some of the stories may be for another time, perhaps part of a book underway titled Lesson of the Leaf. Episode 13, in fact, talks about the lesson of the leaf. I share a bit of the story, a lesson from dear brother Bill that changed my life. I hope you tune into that if you haven't already, and I hope it inspires you too. So now I'd like to share the column titled Personal Growth with Houseplants, and it starts like this. Hello, fellow readers. Those who tune into the podcast version of our column know I've mentioned the idea of sharing the history of houseplants enjoyed for decades. Well, I finally tackled it, and it turned into a story about personal growth with houseplants. And it occurs to me there are many more plants than space to share. That's where this audio version comes in. We have much more time to chat, don't we? I'm grateful for that. Some of the stories come from broken relationships that may be a tad intimate, but hey, we've known each other for close to 10 years of column chats, so I'm diving in. The oldest plant, given by a suitor in my early 20s, is a cactus. It came with a one-inch round cactus on each side of a six-inch centered plant, 
a gift, no doubt, with subliminal intention. Let's just say he left, but the cactus stayed. Over the years, the center plant died, and the two babies grew to two-foot-tall twin towers. Their sides are browning now, but three adorable babies emerged below them. There's much more to the story that resulted in a broken heart, but I grew to learn that I am worthy of being treated as a priority. It took many years, I'll admit, but we are all worthy of being treated as a priority. A lesson from my cactus. <laughs> While the cactus may be the oldest, the mama of my spider plants takes the badge of honor coming into my life first, bought for the studio apartment when funding my way through the Fashion Institute of Technology. Thankfully, I found my way into the fashion of plants instead. I vividly remember an asparagus fern purchased along with the spider plant. I asked the elderly florist for care and feeding instructions. He suggested putting the fern in the bathroom after a steamy shower, as they love humidity. I wish I were an asparagus fern, he said with a big grin. That was a funny moment, traipsing through the village in New York City, running into the garden center, and meeting the older man, whose comment may sound a little suggestive, but he was really very charming. Spider plants shoot out stems of babies, plentifully so. They dangle like ornaments. I love the striped variegated foliage. The babies are many versions of their mom. You must plant them before their umbilical cord dries. There's been many gifted babies over the years I've given to friends. It occurs to me the drapery fabric chosen for the library complements their foliage, a muted cream and green stripe. There's a Christmas cactus adopted by way of a husband-to-be over two decades ago. It was sickly and neglected when we first met. New soil and a little loving care rebounded the beauty. It declined again years later, but a summer left out on a garden bench rejuvenated it once again, teaching the lesson of how rainwater helps indoor plants by providing a nitrogen boost. And so, harvesting rainwater became a year-round routine. As I'm chatting with you, I'm hearing the gutter, you know, dispelling the melting snow, and I'm thinking, I should go collect it, I should go collect it. The same cactus has declined again severely. Maybe it was too close to the bay window during the single digits. Since then, I moved him and cut the dehydrated parts, but there's one viable shoot that's giving me hope he'll resurrect again. Someone told me that visualizing golden healing light around animals or plants or humans even can help heal them. Maybe worth a try, don't you think? A snake plant was placed on the desk after a promotion during my corporate days almost 30 years ago. It now sits behind the writing spot, as do two flowering vines, not sure the varieties, purchased when scrambling to decorate a design display for the first time exhibiting at the Springfest Garden Show 20 years ago. Actually, over 20 years ago, I think. It was a sad day when the garden show retired, but I made a lifelong friend and design colleague, Marty Carson of Three Seasons, and met others like Ken Drews and Margaret Roche, both admired. You likely know Ken Drews. He's pretty well known as a garden writer and a photographer. And he lives nearby, actually. And Margaret is also a garden writer and podcaster of A Way to Garden. It's neat how life brings people together. I have fond memories of my now ex-husband helping set up the first garden display and sad memories of how our relationship disintegrated, ruined by the neglect and isolation of addiction. It took years to find the courage to let go. The permission to leave came from plants, too. Illegal ones, now legal in many states. 
Kurt didn't come with plants, but he came with something far more significant, unconditional love. He took on the lawn maintenance when we were first dating. Overly enthusiastic with the weed whacker, he mowed down a swath of ferns behind the pond. And boy, was I sad when I saw that. <laughs> Fast forward almost 13 years, my dear man has grown to admire ferns and other plants and manages the compost pile. And I've grown to learn that I am, we all are, worthy of unconditional love. Garden Dilemmas? AskMaryStone.com well, 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 there are many more stories of houseplants that I've had for many years through many stages in life. I can't let this story go without talking about my African violets. Mom was a huge African violet fan, and I have fond memories growing up with trays and trays of them, with grow lights that she used to dote over and collected, really, so many varieties. I only have one African violet that remains from mom's hand-me-downs passed down from dear sis when mom was no longer able to care for them. Houseplants give my sister stress, she would say. How excited I was when mom's treasures bloomed. Then, one by one, they died, likely from root rot. Overdoting, I should say. <laughs> but I learned since to water them from filling the saucer below. A lesson of nourishing roots, just as mom did her five-pack. I'd love to hear about plants that have contributed to your growth, too, by emailing me at askmarystone at gmail.com. I sure have enjoyed our chat. I hope you have, too. I encourage those of you that have not yet subscribed to the podcast to do so, so it magically appears in your feed, and share with your friends who you think may enjoy it as well. And take a look around in the world that you live, I hope filled with houseplants and cut flowers and cherish the memories of the gifts that they bring and the growth that they reflect onto us in this garden of life. Thanks so much. You can follow Garden Dilemmas on Facebook or online at GardenDilemmas.com and on Instagram at hashtag Mary Elaine Stone. Garden Dilemmas, Delights and Discoveries is produced by Alex Bartling. Thanks for coming by. I look forward to chatting again from my screen porch. And always remember to embrace the unexpected in this garden of life. Have a great day.